Welcome to Berenson Bond, episode eight, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hello. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Yes. It it's almost has. been a month. Almost. Too long. We had a lot of stuff. We brought the mics home, but stuff happened. But we're back. Sometimes you slip a little bit. You got to get right back on it. So it's almost Christmas time. I'm wearing matching PJs. We took a family picture this morning. Even the dog. Matching PJs. That's how we roll. And today is a. we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. It's something on my mind all the time. I think about it a lot. It is something every single parent, adult, teenager, person thinks about. Screen time. We're talking about phones, tablets, TVs, video games. What do they do to you socially, psychologically, and for me, most importantly, physiologically? What does it literally do to your body and your brain? So... I'm going to be reading from a book called Reset Your Child's Brain by Dr. Victoria Dunkley and Diego. Amazingly, I'm very, very, very proud of you. He went to the bookstore, looking around, and he picked Shoe Dog. So, so welcome, Diego. Tell me about this book um, that you found. This book, I went to Barnes and Numbers with... My mom and my little sister, Sophia, um, um, I was just walking around. There's, like, literally nothing I wanted until I ran into something really special to me. Um, I just picked a random name for our dog when we first got him, Nike, Shoe Dog. Um, so I, when I was walking around, I just saw a book surprise me, like, wow, I did not know a book like this would come out. So it's named Shoe Dog. Um, it's by the creator of Nike, Phil Knight. Um, I haven't got to the part where, because it's named Shoe Dog, so there'd have to be a dog named after a shoe in here. But I haven't found out the part. But I'm going to read a little bit about um, when he was um, in high school to maybe a teenager or um, college or something. I don't know. But um, so it was only when Nike founder Phil Knight got cut out, cut from the baseball team as a high school fresh man that his mother suggested um, he try out for track instead. Knight, Knight made the track team and found he could run fast and he liked it. Ten years later, young and searching Knight borrowed $50 from his father and launched a company quality, no, company with one simple mission, important high-quality running shoes from Japan. He and his gang of friends and runners began selling the shoes from the trunk of his car. But eventually they built one of the most successful brands ever. Phil Knight um, entered... Er, Just keep going. Um, risks and uh, setbacks along the way. But he always followed his own advice. Just keep going, don't stop. Whatever comes up, don't stop. Filled with wisdom, humanity, humor, and heart, the Young Reader's edition of the best-selling Shoe Dog is a story of the determination that will inspire. So it sounds like he... Wanted to launch a company mm-hmm. that sells running shoes from Japan, I guess. In high school. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Back of his car. The back of his car. Um, so now you're going to read from chapter one? Yes, still on there. Um, okay. So. Yeah, so from, this is an autobiography. 
which means he wrote it himself. A biography means somebody else wrote a story about you, but this book, he wrote it. From the Army and from a virus part-time jobs over the last several summers, on top of which I plan to sell my car, a cherry... A cherry black 1960 MG with racing tires and a twin cam. All of, all of, um, all of which amounted to fifteen hundred dollars, um, leaving me a grand. And flicked his eyes from, from the TV, to me back and back again. While I laid it all out. Remember how we talked to Dad? Talk, Dad. How I said I want to see the world. The um, Himalayas. I don't know. The pyramids. The Dead Sea. Dad. The Dead Sea. Well, haha. I'm so. Th- um, I'm also thinking of stopping off in Japan, Dad. Remember my crazy idea, Japanese running shoes, right? It could be huge, Dad, huge. I was laying on the th- on thick, laying it on thick, putting on the hard shell, extra hard, because I always um, hated selling, selling, and because. This particular cell had zero chance. My father had just forked out hundreds of dollars to the University of Origin, thousands, thousands more to Stanford. He was the publisher of Origin Journal, a solid job that paid for all the classic comforts, including our um, spectacular? No. Spectacular. No. No? It, it, it ends with an S. Hmm. We'll just skip it. Um, White House on the Claiborne Street in Portland, quite, quite a suburb East Moreland, but the man wasn't made of money. Also, this was 1962. The Earth was bigger then. Though humans were beginning to orbit the planet in capsules, in capsules, 90% of Americans still had never been on an airplane. The average man or woman had never feet um ventured farther than 100 miles from his from his or her own front door so the mayor mention of the global travel by airplane would un any father and um, es, espectili- I don't know. skip that part um, alright well pa- pause right there what? tell me what you think about what you just read so pretend I didn't understand anything you just said and tell me what you just read in your own words. No, uh, there's something at the end of okay. the book. At the end, you want to read so, that? Phil Knight is the founder of Nike Inc., one of the most success, successful brands in the world. He served as the CEO of the company um from 1964 to 2004 and currently is the chairman yeah chairman um emer- emeritus 
emeritus. He lives in Oregon with his wife, Penny. Cool. Mm-hmm. So what do you, I'm very proud of you for picking this book. He's writing a book. So for 40 years, he built this company and ran it for 40 years. Huge, massive company. 1964 to yeah. 2004. Yeah, 74, 84, 94, 2004. It's 40 years. He was running it. Crazy. And he started out of the trunk of his car as a kid. And then he told his dad when he was in Until college, now. okay, I'm still, I'm very serious. Let's do this, dad. Believe in me, we can do it. Until now, still running the company. Almost everything we have is Nike. A lot. And why do you, why do you even like Nike? Why do you think it's cool? Mm, that is a good question. I do not know why. <laughs> I don't know. Because the swoosh, you know why? I think because the check mark is like yes when you check something it's like i did it done i succeeded and the check is like it makes you feel like yes i did i did something i think that's why i, think I don't so. know but and it's cool stuff too it is good gear so here use your deal there i have to have my bookmarks too so just like you You've helped us with your good creative ideas and open-mindedness of being a kid and us listening to you. Mm-hmm. Helped us be healthier and think about different things and looking at what you're into. Says, and that reminds me I need to be creative and remember what I'm interested in and why. I'm interested in football exactly. a lot. And whatever you're interested in, whatever you're doing, always take a second and say, Wee. Hey, self why do I like this? Why am I doing this? Here, don't rub that because you can hear it on the microphone. No, you can't. Yeah. So now I'm going to start reading from this book. And the reason I wanted this book and is because since you were little. So, for example, when you were a baby and you were brand new, brand new baby, I did not let you even look at a TV, tablet, I tried to not let you see any screens at all until you were seven months old and then when you turn seven months old i let you watch one thing that taught you how to read for 30 minutes a day and that was it so you saw 30 minutes of learning how to read that was the only screen you saw until you were almost two Okay, at least one and a half. So for another year, you barely saw a screen. And then after that, because I don't like to watch TV a lot, we just didn't turn it on a lot. But yeah, you did get a leap pad later, I think, when you turned three, which isn't very, you don't touch it a bunch with your fingers. And like any other parent, you know, we watch some cartoons, we watch some Yo Gabba Gabba. But the more I was watching stuff sometimes with you, I, from working in my job, I know what it's like to watch something that's very, where it's cut very fast. This shot, this shot, this shot. It's very cutty, like flash, 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 flash. And you, and remember, I would always ask you, oh, you're watching that cartoon? Tell me what just happened. And you would look at me with a blank stare and just go, um, I don't, I don't even know. You couldn't even talk. So I was like, this is not good. Shut it down. If you don't even know what's going on, things are happening too fast. It's too much for your brain. You were super distracted and like, uh. But now I can. And I see it in all kids, right? So I worry about all the time. And I see that when you, any, you know, you and your sister watch too much for too long, like you just get easily confused and distracted and don't listen so i would say okay so now what's our new rule during the week that we've been doing for quite a while friday and weekends until the next friday and weekends right so no we don't turn anything on from monday morning all the way through friday morning nothing gets turned on until until Friday. friday night and then no weekends and a weekend and even on the weekends we like to play football we like to go outside you like to go ride bikes I still so, do it though. Yeah. You still watch a little bit, but we do a lot of stuff outside too. 
And for me, that makes me very happy because I don't like sitting down, being still, staring at something. For me, in my opinion, it's not good. So even when we went to Thanksgiving, remember? Me and you at Thanksgiving, we went outside and played football a lot. We were playing catch and going to the parks. Well, because every Thanksgiving, the Cowboys play. And when I watch football, it just makes me want to play. I know, and that's good. And so we went outside and played. Right? At the same time, I really want to watch the game. Yeah. But a lot of people on Thanksgiving are staring at their phones, watching TV, chilling. That's okay for a little bit, but I can't do that all day, every day. So we went outside and played football, and I was happy. Like your cousin... We were trying to get him to come play football. Like, please come play catch with us. But he really loves that phone. So we're like, we're out of here. So I'm going to read. I just dog-eared and marked a couple sections here. So this doctor came up with the term called electronic screen syndrome. We'll call it ESS. Okay. It's she created this name, but it is a condition. So she's helped over 500 or well now more families with kids that are severe behavior problems. We're talking ADD, ADHD. That means attention deficit disorder. That means me and you sitting and talking, you're staring at me, listening. It's awesome. You have no problem paying attention. You listen well, you can read. You know what you're doing. When I talk to you, you look at me in my eyes. I love that. That means I know that you're listening. You know you're understanding, right? She's talking about kids that cannot behave. They act crazy. They're like, this is like craziness. So she helps them. And the first thing she says is, okay, I don't want those kids to take medicine. Let's just try no electronics, no phone, no tablet, no TV, no movies, nothing for four weeks. And let's see if the kid gets a little better, right? Every single time, they get better. And then some kids can start to watch a tiny bit of TV, and that's it. And some don't get better. They just say, you're an extreme case. You can't watch anything. For like two years. Maybe. So I'm going to tell you some characteristics. You know what a characteristic is? A little bit. Okay. So this is basic characteristics of the ESS, the electronic screen syndrome. Okay. The child exhibits symptoms related to mood, anxiety, cognition, behavior, or social interaction due to hyperarousal. That's an overly aroused nervous system that causes significant dysfunction in school, at home, or with friends. Typical signs mimic chronic stress or sleep deprivation and, and can include irritable, depressed, rapidly changing moods, excessive or age-inappropriate tantrums. That means if you're a big kid and you're class third grader what if a kid started going when kicking their legs on the ground like a little baby you would say uh this is not normal something's up right if it was a first grader then i understand that but yeah maybe but a third grader nah, i don't know about that you're not a baby no um okay so low frustration tolerance that means if you get a little bit mad at something you're trying to work on something you should be a little bit frustrated which is normal but if they're like losing their minds you're I like messed up you come ah! yeah if they colored outside the lines and then they're punching a hole in the wall something is wrong okay like Declan did not do that on purpose but he was doing telling Dylan not to push you know they have a sharpening cart like Oh, right. Almost like a real one. Yeah. And then Dylan, Dylan was telling them not to push it. Yeah. And then Dylan just and broke the hole in the wall. Oh, that's not good. Let's see. Poor self-regulation. Disorganized behavior. He plays Fortnite. And a lot of people think it's addicting. 
<laughs> You're right. It is. Fortnite addicting. is addicting, but nothing else. Well, well, football is a little bit addicting for me. I think if you do too much of it, any of it can be addicting. And this book talks about what's worse: tablets and phones that you hold and touch with your fingers and your hands is worse than when you sit down and just watch TV. But in comparison, that means that one is worse than TV, but both too much of either is not good. It can also cause oppositional defiant behaviors, poor sportsmanship, social immaturity, poor eye contact, insomnia, learning difficulties, poor short-term memory, tics, stuttering, hallucinations, or subtle or overt seizure activity may also occur. Irritability and poor executive functioning occur in most cases and are the hallmarks of the disorder, which means if you're irritable, just kind of little angry, mad all, all the time and you can't think straight and you're like, why can't you just think? That's the most common ones that you're just watching too much TV, too much games, okay? That's crazy. All of those things is what can happen to your body when you watch the screens too much, okay? So when you're watching it, you're like overly aroused because you're looking at this stuff that's going on and in your mind you're racing and your blood pressure's getting high and your heart's pumping and you're watching it and you're getting into it and then your body doesn't do anything. So it takes all that energy and it's like, just building and building and then you don't do anything physical, your brain goes in a crazy action mode and it thinks you need to run. So all the blood in your body goes to your muscles so that you can escape. It's called fight or flight. That means when you get all excited, you want to like battle or run away. And to run fast or battle, all your blood needs to go to your muscles so it can make you strong really fast. Right? And all that blood is supposed to go to your brain. Calmly pump to the front part of your brain called the frontal lobe. And if there's not, if you're watching the screen all the time, all the blood goes to your muscles. No blood is continually going to your mind. Your brain doesn't actually get a chance to grow. It's not getting any oxygen. It's like, well, there's not, there's just a little tiny bit of fresh blood and oxygen coming to my brain so it doesn't grow. Pretty wild, right? Mm -hmm. See what you think about this next page. Have I shocked you yet? No. Are you surprised? A little bit. A little bit? Do you think that that sounds right or you think it sounds... How do you think that stuff sounds? I mean, it sounds sort of like Sounds like how it will happen. Mm-hmm. When right. are you ever going to touch that giant painting behind you? Okay, okay. I actually did. There, I just touched it. Okay. But when will I touch it with the paintbrush? Yeah. Tuesday, after Taco Tuesday is my plan. Oh. I'm going to do one hour. I haven't done the five-minute thing. All right. Here's the next part. This is a section about reward and addiction pathways. How is all of this occurring when there's no toxic quote unquote substance? Compulsive video game and internet use can be considered an arousal addiction. That is, the user becomes addicted to high levels of stimulation and arousal and then needs more stimulation to achieve or sustain that feeling. Tolerance occurs because reward pathways, the exact same reward pathways in the brain that are involved in chemical addictions, become overactivated. In other words, the pathways become desensitized from overuse. Meanwhile, in addition to the rush of stress hormones released during use, the screen-addicted person experiences stress reactions at other times. When he or she is not able to play, when they're craving, 
or negotiating for play, when experiencing physical or psychological withdrawal from play, and when play is cut short. Thus, the stress reactions related to the addiction process compound the stress of screen time itself. Which means even when you when it's not on, you're like stressed, like, come on, I need it. Come on, I want the I really want to play. I want the phone. I want the I just need to touch the thing so I can feel like I control something because I don't control things elsewhere. And that's what I think it is too. While true screen addiction is less common than ESS, it is possible that ESS may set the stage for tech and other addictions in children and adolescents. Remember what adolescents are? Big kids, like teenagers. The cycle of craving, play, playing, and then withdrawing not only creates stress, but also causes the brain to be more sensitive to stress, resulting in a hair-trigger response to even mild stressors, a pattern known to develop in individuals with substance abuse. The inability to deal with stress leads to the need to escape and the user uses more. In fact, escapism, using screen time to avoid reality, has been found to be a predictor of video game addiction. Thus, repeated arousal and activation of reward pathways induced by electronics use may prime the brain not just for tech addiction but for other addictions as well right so what happens is when you're playing there's this chemical called dopamine that your brain releases so when you play football and you run and you catch the ball and you're like yeah i feel good right your brain gets this rush of this chemical called dopamine and it's like yeah i feel good that feels awesome If you are on the phone or the tablet, when you're doing it, you're feeling good, right? You're feeling good. And it's so amazingly like attractive to your mind because it's like getting this flood of dopamine when you, when the mom or dad says, okay, turn it off, shut it down. Your, your dopamine, the chemical that makes you feel good gets cut and then you get this crash and you're like, oh, you get drained. And if I said, hey, go catch a football, it doesn't feel as good because you don't get as much dopamine. They can't, because now they need 10 times the amount of that chemical to feel as good as you when you catch a football. I can tell when you smile and you feel good, you get a big rush of it and you feel like good. Like football players when they... Juke? For what about example, they juke? Like, uh, they juke three juke people? Or go for a touchdown sometimes when they dance, they're hype, like they're really like pumped and excited. Yes. yes. Or because sometimes they do the dance and they're like, yeah, I feel good, but I'm not like, yes, yes, yes. Exactly. So here's, this is from some take home points from chapter two. Numerous mechanisms, including disturbed sleep, addiction pathways, brain blood flow shifts, intense sensory experiences, and engaging content precipitate and perpetuate an ongoing stress response. So you're, if you watch screens a whole bunch, it's easier to get you stressed out and mad. If you don't, it takes you longer to get to mad because you can, you can deal with situations better. Like... Um, if it's turnover on down, you're like, um, you're like, you're not that mad because I mean, that's just what it happened. goes on and on and on until the fourth quarter, right? Because it it lasts for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Second quarter, fifteen minutes later, third quarter, fifteen minutes later, fourth quarter, and then it's the end. Exactly. You don't you don't lose your mind and go crazy. You can say, oh. Yeah. It's turnover on downs. We're going to do it again. Because you'll get to go again. Even You might be lucky if you're on defense because interception or something like that. Exactly. So examining the known effects of chronic stress and hyperarousal can assist in envisioning 
how screen time may affect your child's behavior, mood, and social skills. Now this full book is, let me tell you how many pages it is. It's about 328 pages. I, knew I can't you were I would love I would love to read this whole thing to you. I, I would love to. Yeah. I don't want you to fall asleep. No, I mean. But so people, you know, read the book. I'm just getting little pieces out of it. All right. Back to the book. As I've said, electronics use overuse bears a striking resemblance to stimulant abuse and addiction. Like amphetamine abuse, Focus and mood may seem and indeed may be enhanced by the stimulation of screen time. However, over time and as usage increases or accumulates, the user will begin to experience mood changes, sleep disturbances, shortened attention span, irritability, depression, defensiveness, inability to tolerate stress, and a general worsening of functionings. Okay, so we're, I'm, it's basically re, rehashing those same things. As with, as with drugs, people are drawn to interactive electronic media for its ability to provide immediate gratification and intense stimulation. Marketers exploit these tendencies and thus up the ante with every new game, gadget, or application. Each new version becomes more stimulating, titillating, rewarding, and thus more addicting, and our, the hijacking begins. Both physiological arousal and feelings of presence are factors known to promote and maintain engagement. So they know, oh, you're getting used to this type of game? We're gonna make it even crazier. We're gonna make it even more exciting and see how long we can get you to stick your face in that screen be stuck and trapped and frozen in ice. So here's here's a part talking about the frontal lobe. Addictive behavior during adolescence sets up the brain for addiction later in life. During this period, the frontal lobe is very sensitive to environmental input and its development can be compromised or permanently damaged, which can lead to self-medicating, poor choices, and poor impulse control. And there's a point in here where it said, just like I'm a big believer in, preventing is better than fixing. You know, I'm a mess. And whatever messes I had earlier on, I got to spend longer time fixing them. Mustache. Nice mustache. Where's my other page? So in the end, you know, this is basically, you know, most of this is talking about anybody. We're all humans, right? We are, we're, our brains basically work the same way, no matter where you're from, who you are. It mostly, this book is mostly geared towards the extreme cases or kids under five. Like five and under should not be even really doing it. We do it here and there. I always feel... Like, yeah, I feel kind of like we shouldn't be doing that, so we don't do it much. It's going to be do part it of Fridays your... Fridays and look, Saturdays and that. Yeah, but I remember, what do I always tell you about the phone and the tablet? It's a what? Not a... Not a... It's a tool. Uh, not a... Game? Toy. Come on, toy. say it all the time. It's a tool, not a toy. We need it. It is going to be part of your life and future, but I keep telling you it's a tool, not a toy. So you need to do some research for homework. Cool. Get the tablet. Let's do some research. You want to draw a picture, you'd look it up, print it, then turn it off. I'm happy that when I tell you, when you play video games a little bit and I say, okay, time to turn it off. If you can turn it off and get, okay, cool. Boop. Perfect. That means you're in control of your own mind. It's not in control of you. As soon as you start saying, you start complaining and whining, 
you're gonna cut it off. Like Sophia. Yeah. If you're not behaving, I know it's because of that. So right now, you treat it like a tool. You need research for your Christmas project for school. Boom, get the tablet. We do some research. Got it. Turn it off. It's a tool, right? It's a tool to help us figure things out. Like when I needed to change the ignition coils in my car, I needed to watch a video to see how to do it. So I look up the video. Boom. Got it. Turn it off. It's a tool, not a toy. It's a toy. It's not a toy. What? It can be a toy. Now, it's part of your future, so I want you to know you're the boss of it. You, if you know, if when I say, "Hey, shut it down, turn it off," I know you're being allowed, being allowed the appropriate amount. Soon as you, the game is controlling you, we got problems. Okay, so happy ending at the end. It also gives you some take-home points and says, "Okay, what can you do? You know, since this is part of our life." But you, if here's some things, not surprisingly. Okay, greenery, nature, sunlight. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just reading the title sections of things to do to make sure you're not being dominated by screens. Movement, exercise, free play. Turn off the TVs and screens and let your kids just play with toys. You probably already have a billion toys in your house. Let them play with them. Shut the TV off. Okay, next one. Deep sleep and clean diet. We talked a couple podcasts ago about how important sleep was and how food can impact your behavior too. If you eat bad, you're behaving bad, and if you're eating bad and watching too much screens, it's like a double whammy. Bam. Yeah. Next one. Creativity. You have to give idle, still, quiet time to allow anybody, not just kids, even me, grown-ups. You need a little bit of creative, quiet, free time to let your brain relax. wake up, relax, get creative. Your big Frosty the Snowman painting that you did for your art project? Yeah. Well, it's not okay. Frosty, but... Okay, well, it's a snowman, right? Yes. You came up with this super cool creative idea for this snowman painting. Took me probably. You were in here three or four days to finish it. Yeah, but when you started it, you were in here in the art room for about three hours. No TVs and tablets. You just were able to hang out here, listen to some music, and you and Mom and Sophia were getting creative. I didn't know Sophia was in here. She was hanging out with you guys. Oh, yeah, and we made... You could turn toilet paper rolls into something like a snowman. Yep. A ghost, a bunny. So tell me about... So you sat in here having this creative time. Tell me about your snowman painting. This is all your idea, which well, I think is very cool. snowman painting, Uh huh. I thought, like, I don't really know what to paint when my mom asked me the question. I'm like, uh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Until my mind made me just pop something up in my mind, and it was a snowman. Yeah. And the nose um, is sticking out like a Christmas tree. Yeah. It's like a Christmas tree nose instead of a carrot. Okay. And um, that's sticking out on the buttons. And I thought to cut out stuff from magazines and glue them for the eyes and the mouth. But instead, we did cut out stuff, but from, like, present wrapping stuff. Mm-hmm. So the smi- the like the face, like the smile was four ornaments and four presents. Four ornaments and four presents on each side. Um, and the eyes were, like... Christian stuff. Um, uh, the um, some the snow. Um, some of it I did on accident because um, I was getting paint, and then I swung it on accident, and then started painting. I'm like, oh no, I swung it, and then they're like, and then you and mom were like, oh, it could be snow, so I started like 
Eh, I'll do it more. Swip, swap, equal, so it, and then I started doing it on purpose. And then, uh, it's pretty much, and the buttons are, um, a mistletoe. Mm-hmm. A real one. A real one, yeah. Not like the ball one, I don't. I don't really know what it is, though. Yeah, it's like a couple leaves and the little berries. Yeah, um, that, a real, it's real. Um, a real gingerbread. Yep, a real gingerbread a, cookie. Um, like a really tiny stocking. Yep. Except it's like cardboard. And the background is all different shades of blue, and then you... Sp- yeah, because, so, the first time before I even started anything... Yeah. ...is... Me, well, you, I had two skateboards. One was from my uncle, mm-hmm. right, um, which gave it to you, which gave it to me, which you gave it to me, and then I started riding both mm-hmm. until Declan, my two other friends, we called ourselves the Triple D yep. because Declan, Dylan, and me, Diego, um... We we're going to have our own YouTube channel. I don't know when, though. Um, and then them two are doing TikTok videos. If you don't know what that is, it's like... I do not know what that is. What is that? You edit stuff and like put music in the background or stuff like that. You make videos and do that. Oh, okay. Later, um, they do that. I do it sometimes, but not all the time. I mostly... And then we got into skateboards a lot until now we're into BMXing a lot now. Mm-hmm. And scootering, not that much, though. Um, uh, so, yeah. Cool. So you got to think of all that just from having some quiet time, so getting creative. Me, Yep. All the way until I met two other friends. Yeah. Started with the same letter of the alphabet. Yep. Um, in the skateboards, in the BMXing, in the scooters. Um, and then the that, uh, the painting was we just me and Declan. Mm-hmm. I gave my skateboard to him. He still has it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he used spray painted all of them black. Me and him wanted like a monster symbol, like monster energy drink. Yeah. Um, that except his was blue and green. Mine was just all green. Yeah. And then we started put, putting stickers until now we're into bikes a lot. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. That was that was Uncle Kenneth's skateboard. My brother. And he gave could he, ollie and over, he could ollie over a car. If, yes, the hood of a car. He could ollie. <sighs> crazy. Um, I don't know how he did that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know how? And if you don't know what an ollie is, it's like if this feather is a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Even though you can't see it, I'll try to explain it. I so think most people know back, what a skateboard is. So yeah, yeah, the back of it. I know there's such thing as one, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about two, like, curved stuff. So the back curved, if you're facing, let's see, left. Okay. Sure. Okay. Left, um, if you're facing left, the back one, you push down. The front, of course, would go up. So you push down, and then when you fly up, you push the front down and then you land on a railing or you could just jump up and then down it's almost like a dolphin sort of yeah it is like like a dolphin jumping out of water it when it comes down it's back down and then it comes up it's like pushing down going up and pushing the front down and it just goes over and over again i got it instead of ollie let's call it the dolphin Dolphin jump. Hit that it's like, dolphin. It's like a dolphin do that going dolphin up and flip. down, and you do that onto a railing or over, like, my uncle. Yep, over the front of a car. Yes. But that right. was the background of it. So back to this book. I'm almost through with it. 
Another suggestion is mindfulness and meditation. Didn't we do a couple, like one or two minute meditation with you and Sophia? No. Well, I don't think, but I don't remember what, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think so. How about kids yoga? We did a couple yoga. Sit quiet. We'll go over that a little bit more. So those are the, the top points. And each one you can dive in more. Like I said, Greener, we go outside, go look at some plants, play, look at some trees, go on a hike. And don't just go and walk through it and rush through it and be out of there like it's a zoo. Go and, you know, stop. Sit for a minute. Smell. Listen. Everybody wants to just go rush through it. Like, ah, saw that. Cool. Keep moving. Okay, cool. Saw that. Uh Uh-huh. There's an elephant. Let's go. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Dude, stop for a minute. Just stop and look at that single animal for like... 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Who cares? Spend the whole day looking at one animal. Like, um... There's nothing wrong with that. An elephant. There's no rules... That you have to, ooh, I saw this. Okay, next one. This, this, this. Okay, now can we go home? Okay, I think we have exercise and free play down with you. You got that down. Deep sleep, you have a regular bedtime. What time do you go to bed? 8.30. Yep, good night. And we now started using a red nightlight. And for some reason... I like blue. Blue keeps you awake, I told you. But the red night. Oh, I know why. Because like the sky is blue, so you, the body thinks it's morning time. Exactly. Wait, but That's why can't about. it be purple? Well, purple, purple, purple. I don't know, because purple is a very gold rare color in our world. Gold. Uh, create. Let's see creativity. Mm. Let me see. I want to write the in fact studies show that screen time diminishes imaginary play. When the brain is fed a constant stream of stimulating entertainment that saturates the senses, it deadens the creative drive, as does viewing a two dimensional screen with flat, unnatural light. In contrast, reduced levels of stimulation enhance creativity and varying depth of field and the interplay of natural light and shadow in a three-dimensional world stimulate the seer's mind to wonder, what's there? What's more? Let me think for myself. That's my biggest thing. I worry about you not being able to think for yourself if you watch too much stuff and see too much stuff. You stop using your own mind a little bit a little bit helps you then get creative on other stuff. But if you're just constantly watching, then you never take that one little bit and start thinking for yourself. Um, so when you're moderation. playing football, yes, tell um, me. You always, always, if you're quarterback or receiver, whoever yeah. you are, you always need your brain. Um, you if you do need quarter- your brain. If you're quarterback. You need to tell all those players what you need to do. Yep. You're using your mind to say, oh, you go out there, go deep, I'm throwing a Hail Mary. Yep. Or if you're defense, try sacking the quarterback. Yep. Um, you always need your mind in football to think of what to do. Yep. So, yeah. So I think I'm proud of you getting this book. I'm glad you understand. You know how I feel about TVs and screens and stuff like that. But now you understand what it can actually do to your brain and your body. Make you go crazy. It can make you go crazy, pretty much. It can make you more distracted, not listen, not behave. I don't want to behave. Exactly. But it's a part of the world, so we got to learn how to deal with it in a healthy way. See, health isn't just about food. Health is a big thing we're learning. It's everything. It's It's your environment. It's it's really there's a healthy way to go about everything. Mm -hmm. Not just food, water. Nope. Veggies. Life. Oh, I want to say shout out to what's your gardening teacher's name? Lucille. Lucille. She told us to go to a farmer's market and we went. 
And I and never went And we learned before. like so much stuff. About Man, that. they had the mushroom lady. They had the tamale guy. They had other healthy food, the kombucha people, and the vegetable people I never she... heard of before. Johnson's Backyard Garden. I was like, what? You guys grow vegetables here in Austin? Instead of, remember you learned that a vegetable came uh, thousand miles? One, one cucumber. One cucumber. Just came like thousand From southwest miles. Mexico right all the way to H-E-B in Austin. But instead, now I ordered from Austin, Austin the Johnson's Backyard Garden. And they grow the vegetables here. And I picked them up. They, they grew right here. And I know they're healthy and organic, and they're grown right here in our own city. So, bam. If I was outside. Thank you, right here. Miss Lucille, for making us go find some local veggies, because that's awesome. She's helping us get healthier. And it's cheaper. Save a couple dollars. Every Sunday. Today, they're open right now. Uh, yeah, actually, they're at the farmer's market right, right now. Right here. In Buda, by the skate park. Yeah. Get some. All right. Well, hey, I think we're done. You want to wrap it up or you want to talk about anything else? I don't know. What's on your mind? Well, what I was going to say, I don't think I said this ever, but I used to be able just to throw 10 yards. Okay. And now when I was at my uncle's in Dallas with you Mm -hmm. outside playing football, I wanted to be able to at least throw 20 yards and boom. You Here I am. <laughs> I, I'm throwing 20 yards. Yep. Um, but yeah. Cool. 20 yards. Next now it'll be got, 30 yards. And then 40, 50, 60. Yep. And then I'll stop at 60 probably. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody out there, be healthy, y'all. Bye-bye.